Hello everyone, welcome back to the <laughs> This thing. Suit Yourself Podcast, part of the Finish First Media Network. My name is Austin, co-host number one. Joined tonight with co-host number two, Brandon Alessio. We'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, week one of the NFL, always an exciting time for everyone. I was very excited for this week. Um, there are games happening right now, which I'm very disappointed that we are missing. Um, the hat, this is an ode to Cam Newton, and my hair looks terrible. So, hair looked terrible first. This was an excuse to wear it. So yeah, That's fair. Um, Brandon, how has your day been today? Oh, uh, well, we're, we're, we're not feeling the best, so... Mm-hmm. It was all right. I had, I had to read a lot of Shakespeare for oh. one of my classes, which is awful. So um, that wasn't fun. I haven't finished that yet, so got to get that done after this. How is it? Uh, it's not very good. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, oh it's my. not very good. It beats the first one we had to read, which was the Taming of the Shrew. Mm. But that being said, the bar has been was set so low, where the literally Shakespeare recording his bathroom breaks would be better than that. Mm. And that cannot be said by about many, but no. that's okay. How, how about you? How, how's the day been going? Uh, it's been pretty fine. Nothing nothing crazy. I would like to pose our traditional uh, very quick question at the beginning of the podcast for Brandon. Um, we're just going to keep it simple today. Uh, what brand of phone would you be least likely to purchase? Um, I mean, I don't know. There's a timer on this. we got to uh, be quick. Uh, let's say Windows. All right. I owned a Windows phone in the past, and the, I very I much keep enjoyed that, the OS. That commercial but... where they're spinning it around, it's like that, that folding one that's like a Nintendo DS. Mm. That looks really stupid. Rest in, rest in power, Nintendo I, DS. I, I, rest in peace. Yeah, I, I agree, but I don't like that the phone. The entire model line has been discontinued. So very sad. It was, it is the very 3DS sad. was underrated, too. It is. I, uh, I... I've never played it, but I really enjoy it, so if that makes any sense. It doesn't, but that's all right. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everyone again for joining us tonight. Uh, on this episode for week one, we are going to start with injury updates. Uh, not so much updates in terms of uh, prognosis, uh, just more so telling you what's going on. I'm not a doctor. Google Google injuries, but I'm a real doctor. They're going to help, not me. Uh, next, after that, we're going to go into uh, the recap of week one, followed by the waiver ads of week one. So, uh, there are quite a few of them. There are. Uh, actually, a lot of good options and a lot of – it always seems like there's a lot of players that you tell yourself you need to draft before the draft and then during the draft you don't and they're on the free agent wire the whole time and you're like, eh. That was me with Dallas Goddard. I had to drop yeah. him. I dropped him this week and then he went off for 21 or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, now he i got to waste half my fab guy. to get him if I he want He was him. also a guy that I had ranked high that I just didn't end up getting and I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like dropping anybody for him. And then, in, in fairness, I dropped him to pick up Malcolm Brown. So I don't feel like so that as, works. I don't feel like as big of an idiot, depending on your, but, your running back depth. But that that's not so bad. But no, it, it's ex, ex, <coughs> excusable. Excuse me. And just for the record, big, uh, Brandon does not have C nineteen symptoms. No, by, I by don't. the way, this is not no. a this is not a mask situation for the uh, household here. No. Um, we're going to go ahead and start with the injuries. Um, I have them noted down here, so I'm just going to go through them very quickly. Um, these are not memorized, so my eyes may not be focused on the camera at all times. Uh, no teleprompter here. Uh, so first, maybe the biggest injury we had, uh, Marla Mack is going to be out for the season with a torn Achilles. Uh, clearly not good. Obviously, anybody who got Jonathan Taylor is excited about this. But uh, essentially, that's all we got for the first first one there. 
the next one, we have Dallas tight end Blake Jarwin, who was out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, he was looking as a lot of people had him as kind of a breakout star this year, so that kind of shut that down immediately. Uh, I, this isn't an out for the season, but we had Michael Thomas, who has a high ankle sprain. Obviously, anybody who's dealt with a player with this in the past knows this is not good. Uh, he's listed as probable, but this is one of those things he might miss a week or two. Or if he's out there, it might be a decoy situation. Not only that, if he misses a week or two, his full season probably won't be the same. Yeah, it is one of those, as Brandon discussed, If you're definitely limited even if you do play. And so there's nothing worse than the decoy situation, as mm-hmm. uh, many A.J. Green owners may remember from the past. Um, next, we had George Kittle. He was still walking around. He's listed as questionable with a knee for next week. I would expect him to play. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is also questionable with a hamstring. I heard he might be out for a couple weeks. I just read that. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not sure. I would If you just read that, I would probably it makes no difference. lean that way. I mean, but <laughs> oh, for the Jets, probably not so much. Or Sam Darnold, a, once again, it's so hard to tell if Sam Darnold's good or not because of how is. terrible the situation is. He threw a really bad pick at the end. I know. Like no, I'm, I'm not pick. trying to play defense for him. I just think that his situation is so poor that it makes it extremely difficult I guess to tell. We'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. uh, Devontae Parker for the Dolphins listed as questionable with a hamstring as well. Um, and I believe those were the big. I mean, there's still the Mike Evans. He's still nursing back when Miles Sanders is still hurt with his, and we don't know if he's coming back. Yeah, yeah that's the, new, true. the new additions. These yeah. were more so new additions to the to the wire. Uh, Miles Sanders, I believe, is expected to play. Mike Evans obviously played through his injury, so there are still a couple injuries that were existing. Um, I think I don't I don't remember if Cortland Sutton was playing tonight. I believe he was listed more towards doubtful, but uh, uh, he's another guy to watch for next week too. Um, Seems like everybody with the hamstring too. Yeah, usually that's stuff that you know. If, if I remember right reading from the past, that's what a lot of players, you know... Who aren't ready to play at they this They get level. hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that gets hurt relatively easily and quickly. It's just because of you go from nothing to 100, you know, mm-hmm. 0 to 100. So, uh, I believe that's probably most of the big reasons for those. But that's just going to be something to watch. A lot of injuries. And uh, as we'll talk about in the waiver wire, that's something that will play a part for this week's ads. Um, so, let's go... Well, and I guess and or drops. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and start with... Uh, the week one, uh, kind of the recap of what went on. We will start with the Washington football team versus the Eagles. Arguably start with the worst game of the in, season. An incredible game. Yeah. So uh, History Brandon, was if made. you give us your notes uh, from that game, and then I'll chime in shortly here. Um, that The key takeaway I took from the, um, from the Eagles was that that offensive line is brutal. Like, they, they're bit. not good. And I think, believe there's eight or nine sacks on Carson Wentz, but he avoided quite a few of it them. It was eight. With a bunch of, like, highlight reel evasions. And with that, he was rushed a lot, which led him to throw a couple picks. The run game couldn't get cemented because their leading rusher was Boston Scott. The one relatively – or one high note for people to notice is Dallas Goddard. People might say, oh, well, he had that 34-yard touchdown. Without that, he still would have – like that that's where he got most of his points which is true but at the same time he still had seven catches for 70 yards which is still 10 and a half points not only that but he led the league in tar- or not the league the team in targets and he out targeted zach Ertz by two and had 90 more or 80 more yards than him so that's very very um very encouraging for goddard owners when it comes to the washington football team first off history was made 
But second off, uh, the the pass game is not very good. Um, the run game isn't very good. Well, in fairness, I would say that they are, as far as a roster goes, one of the more barren yeah, I'm, special, I, like, you know, uh, skill guys. They're ba- very barren of skill position guys. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and I guess the Eagles didn't have much regarding yards either, but they had a 230 yards. And it looks like, I guess, the uh, it looks like the Eagles only had around 320, but that's still like 100 more yards, and they still scored 10 less points. Mm-hmm. But the running game was abysmal there, which has me kind of optimistic for guys like Antonio Brown because Peyton Antonio Barber Brown. Antonio, Brown. Antonio Gibson, excuse me, mm. because Peyton Barber for like the fourth year in a row just shows up and gets 15 plus carries and does nothing with them. 17 carries, 29 yards, which is god-awful. And he, of course, got in the end zone twice. But that being said, shows that there is an opportunity for a guy who actually has skill. And compared to Peyton Barber, Antonio Gibson has skill. So I feel like as time goes on, Gibson will get the role and he'll have a decent opportunity. That being said, I was a little disappointed with Terry McLaurin. And, but when there's only 170 passing yards, you can't really be too upset. But I don't know. It, it, I don't have much faith in either team, to be honest. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think uh, one of the things that was kind of overlooked was with, you know, with the Eagles and the, the Washington football team was that, uh, according to PFF, they have uh, Washington has the third best or the third ranked D-line. Um, and the Eagles were missing Lane Johnson, Andre Dillard, and Brandon Brooks, who are starters on that line. And it showed. And that – not that they're usually that good with them, but it just really – shown through in a bad way with them gone so that was a huge deal like brandon said there were eight sacks given up and that's just not a good way to get anything going. should have been probably 12 uh carson wentz really needs to figure out how to dump off the ball as for as much crap as aaron Rodgers takes for getting rid of it too quickly and too much uh carson wentz should take a page out of that playbook Uh, i get worried for his long-term health especially well even seasonal health given his you know uh his frequency to injury and getting hit that many times is obviously not good so i'd be a little nervous with that um it was Good. I mean, in terms of bright spots, uh, Rieger led all receivers and routes with 30 uh, on that team. So, I mean, he was kind of a little bit of a bright spot, if you want to call it that. Um, Dallas Goddard led the team with receptions. He had eight on nine targets, which is obviously what you're looking for. Uh, Zach Ertz had seven targets, but was only able to get three receptions. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Ertz potentially not getting the contract extension and uh, Goddard being the future. So it's as somebody who owns uh, Ertz in a dynasty league, I'm hoping this trend does not continue, but uh, it is a little bit worrisome nonetheless. And as we're talking about later, Dallas Goddard is going to be potentially a big addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, there just wasn't a whole lot going on uh, as far as any kind of pass game in this. Uh, I would be a little nervous about Antonio Gibson. I would not start him again until we had any reason to, just as a side note there. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, and it, it appears that Logan Thomas led the team in targets. So that's never a, never a great thing either no. on that side. He had eight with four receptions. So uh, definitely nothing to write home about for either team. Uh, if I was a fan of either team, I would not be overly excited either. Uh, I, I thought both teams played pretty poorly. Yeah, and people might infer all the people who are like, oh, well, Peyton Barber had two touchdowns. He ended with 15 points. Dude sucks. Don't play him. Mm. Well, we'll see. That's <laughs> no, a uh, fact. <laughs> the next game that I have written down here is uh, the Bills versus the Jets. Great game. Uh, are you ready to talk about that one, Brandon? Yeah, hell of a game. 
Uh, I guess yeah. yeah. Starting out on that, um, Josh Allen looked very, very good in the sense where like everyone's always questioning his passing ability, which is fine because in the past he has shown that it is questionable at best. But he ended with 312 yards, which I don't believe that's his career high, but it's pretty close to it. Also had two touchdowns. The one nice thing that he had was he didn't have any interceptions. The one issue, like the only problem I had with him was the two fumbles he had. Um, But I'd rather have a quarterback fumble than throw a pick. So There was an interesting point that yesterday his average depth of target was 6.8 yards, mm-hmm. which is three yards shorter than it was on average in 2019. It made sense. It so seemed, it seemed like a lot of what to... they seemed to take when I when I watched them. It seemed like a lot of the Ravens playbook where they tried to rush it with him a lot, <clears throat> rush it with the running backs a lot, and do a lot of shorter passes, which it was working out a lot for them. And they kind of just dismantled them. And no, I know the score shows there's 10 points in between, but it was Buffalo's game, the entire game. So it like, it never once felt like the jets were going to win anything. Mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs looked good, even though he didn't find the end zone. He still entered in a full PPR at around 16 or 17 points, which is what you want from him. John Brown. He looked surprisingly good. He was mm-hmm. really good last year, but I thought with Diggs coming in, he would see some sort of regression. But he still led the league in targets. Or league led the team in targets by one. Yeah, by one. But that being said, the running game for the Bills was a little strange. I do want to mention as well uh, that that Josh Allen did miss Stephon or not Stephon. Uh, he did miss John Brown on a on an open touchdown. Yeah, pass. he did. So he should have had finished the game with two touchdowns, which would have been huge for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the running game was strange. Like, Josh Allen, what they'd used with him was more than they've used him in the past, and I thought it w- was working really well other than the fumbles, obviously. However, neither of the backs could really get anything going, um, 9 for 30 and 9 for 11. Mm-hmm. However, they were fine in the catching game. Not great, but they're fine. Um, Can I – I would like to – Point in. I'm kind of just interjecting, so I don't yeah, go, have to go talk for a ton when you're done. Uh, I will w- say it's worth noting that I would be a little nervous if I was a Devin Singletary owner. Just, Absolutely. Just given that they had nine carries apiece. Um, I think one of the people are going to look at Zach Moss's box score and say that, oh, oh nine rushes not very for good. 11 yards. That's awful. Uh, it's important also to look at that he had negative yards before contact yeah. as well. So. When you're getting hit before you even hit the line of scrimmage, that's obviously not your fault. No, yeah. So, when I was watching it, it seemed like he was getting tripped up in the backfield. It's like, well, geez, what was he supposed to do? Yeah, so that's something that's kind of a big deal, and I think a lot of people might write that off. But I think he might be a good guy even to target as a trade piece. Yeah, and he even um, – his touchdown catch that he had was on a broken play, and he, like, found the opening. So it was, like, an intelligent play. So it wasn't just, like, a bogus touchdown. He, got, like, he created it for himself. Regarding the Eagles, they're – was really only one bright spot, or I guess maybe one and a half. And uh, you mean the Washington football team? No, I mean the Jets. You said Eagles. Oh, well, I meant the Jets. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're both off. But there's one bright spot, and that was Jamison Crowder. 13 targets out of 33. So what's that, like a 40% share, something along those lines? He had over one, one-third. 115 yards and a touchdown. Granted. One of his touchdowns was like the Robbie Anderson one that we'll talk later, where he broke like six tackles and just ran it straight in, which was kind of no, nonsense. Hey now. I, but did you see the Robbie Anderson play? What? He smoked the DB on a move. Well, no, he no, broke I, the guy's ankles. That's fine. He this got one, so this open. one was less impressive. But what it means, so like, it was one of those plays where, like, yeah, that won't happen again. He definitely looked quick though. Yeah, but even without that one, he still would have had what fifty yards on six catches, which isn't bad considering the pass game was so poor and the de- the um, Bills defense, pass defense is very good. 
Uh, Le'Veon looked terrible, much to very few people's surprises. Uh, when it came to running on the ground, Frank Gore found, found more success. Le'Veon did look okay in the uh, catching the balls. Unfortunately, they only targeted him twice, which, again, Adam Gaze has me scratching my head as to why they would go after Le'Veon if they're not going to utilize his strengths. Well, he didn't want Le'Veon. But well, fine. I mean, like, but if you have him, you might as well utilize his strengths. No, I'd agree. And the half-bright spot was Chris Herndon. Uh, first off, that fumble was not a fumble. But secondly, uh, I, mean, I know it's only 37 yards, but he still had seven or six carat catches and seven targets. So that's at least um, encouraging because uh, mm-hmm. they're trying to get him the ball. And for tight ends, a lot of time, that's all you need. Like the Vance McDonald's. I remember last year, get like two catches for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'd rather have a guy getting six catches for 40 yards because there's at least opportunity for something. Whereas they like, or two for 20, like just a dud. But yeah, I didn't think that was a fumble, but it really tanked his average for the week. But without that, he would have had a fine day as well. Yeah, I think that. I know we talked a lot about these games already. I would say I'd be a little – my expectations would be a little tempered with Crowder just because that – I think it was a 70-yard breakout like yeah. you had mentioned. Probably not happening But when often. you're getting 13 targets in a game, I, you know, I yeah. still think he's a good play. I just don't know if I'd expect him to put up huge numbers all the time. I think he'll always be – especially in a PPR league, he's always going to have a nice floor, but I wouldn't expect uh, quite so many you – know, oh, yeah. as long as 69. I wouldn't be expecting quite as many uh, – yeah, if he's available, obviously pick him up. He's no way he's available, but at least I don't think so. But uh, I, I am. I think the Jets are going to be bad, but I think that the Buffalo defense is good enough that yeah. it's going to make them look worse than they are. So I'm a little bullish on the Jets still. Um, and by that, I guess I mean the only guy I really want to keep playing at this point is Crowder, maybe Herndon. But uh, do you think that the Jets should tank for Trevor Lawrence? I've heard people saying that. I I think the Jets should start with the coaching first and yeah work their way out. I'd get rid of Bell and Gase and work from there. But uh, if nothing else, they should tank to either. I mean, if they if they traded out, they'd get a the world's biggest haul. They'd probably be a record haul. And they could probably get rid of the Le'Veon Bell contract in there with it. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see what they could do. So. Um, but, yeah, outside of Crowder and Herndon, I'm not too excited about anything no. on that end. Uh, I, I do really like John Brown still. I think John Brown way outperformed what I was expecting him to. Yeah. And I think he's a, a good play, and if somebody's willing to give him up cheap, he might be a, even, a good option. Even after the games, Diggs said that he's the most underrated receiver in the league, which I don't know if that's fully true, but at least it's a relatively true statement. Yeah, no, nobody views good. him as good. I mean, he's pretty good. Um, so the next game we have, and we'll try to move a little quicker here. Uh, next game we have is Seahawks versus Falcons. Um, are you ready for this, or do you want me yeah. to start? Okay, perfect. So it seemed a lot like last year with the Falcons, down a billion, and then all of a sudden um, Matt Ryan decides, okay, I'm actually going to be effective. And he ended with 450 yards, which is crazy, two touchdowns and interception. Pretty good day for him. Uh, the running attack was a little lackluster. Todd Gurley, a pedestrian, four yards per carry and a touchdown. He had, I believe, like 13 points in – or. 13 or 14 points in the first quarter and then ended with less than 20. So he started hot and kind of slowed down. One thing that concerned me with him especially was five targets, two catches, one yard. We're receiving a big part of his game and he could not get anything going. That being said, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, both with 12 targets and nine catches each, both killed it. Um, We both talked about Calvin Ridley having a breakout year and this is just further proof of it. Granted, I well, don't see Matt Ryan throwing for another 450 yards in a game. It's so. hard to call it a breakout when he had 900 and 
Well, no, but like, like last year. yeah, he was in between eight and nine hundred. But like nobody views eight and nine hundred as like elite or like good. That guy, yeah, it's fine. Whereas like I feel like he could easily get into the twelve hundred range this year if healthy. Um, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson was fantastic to no one's surprise. Which is crazy considering he got pressured on thirty one percent of his dropbacks. Yeah, he. He was using Chris Carson a lot in the receiving game on the first couple of drives and it was working very effectively. However, they kind of just got rid of I think once they got the the lead, they kind of just sat Chris Carson because he's still recovering from that injury. And because, yeah, because Carlos Hyde and a bunch of other people got carries after that too. But Carlos Hyde looked really good when he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, the DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett looked good. And yeah, even Greg Olson caught a touchdown. He, I'd be a little worried just because it's only four targets, but he caught all four, but it was only for 24 yards. So we'll see, but he did exceed my expectations. But, yeah, that's what I got out of all this. Um, a couple other side notes as you know, I thought the – I don't know if this speaks more towards the Falcons or if it speaks more towards the Seahawks, but the Falcons were able to get four sacks, which is definitely not a bad outing by them. Uh, it's even crazier considering they were able to get that much pressure and still gave up 38 points. So, oh. obviously, the secondary is not getting it done. But uh, what Russell Wilson's a surgeon back there, and he's extremely good. His pass to uh, DK Metcalf was just awesome. Yeah. That rainbow is, is sick. Uh, I would be a little worried about Carson in the sense that Carlos Hyde actually outrushed him with seven attempts to six. I mean, on a team that you would consider to be a run-heavy team, uh, you know, your top two guys combining for 13 carries is not exactly what I would call run-heavy. Especially when they were up by so much. That was one thing I was curious about because they were mm-hmm. up – they were up, I believe it was 28 to 12 at one point. So in the fourth quarter. So it's like, man, why aren't you guys running more? I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, I do think that the Metcalf-Lockett combination, I, I think I downplayed what Metcalf was going to do a little bit at the beginning of the season. I definitely did. I didn't tank him, but I thought Lockett would be significantly, and by significant I don't mean like a, a massive margin, but I thought it would be significant enough to have one far outrank the other. Uh, I was a little surprised eight targets apiece. I think that's going to be more of a 50-50 if, if not DK getting more work. The crazy part is Lockett had less yards but caught all eight of them. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Yeah, DK is always going to be the downfield stretch guy given his route tree. He's another one of those guys where he'll get like three catches a game, but he'll average like 15 fantasy points a it's week. It's the, like, how does he do that? It's the Tyreek Hill yeah. thing. When you're, when you're an elite downfield guy and mm-hmm. you know you get that, you just need one play of single coverage that you get open Which on. he and, gets every time because – Wilson's so good at the deep ball. Same with Mahomes. A lot of it yeah. just depends how good your quarterback statistically, is. Yeah. Statistically, I heard that Russell Wilson is the best deep th- deep ball threat in the league. Fun fact. Probably. He's extremely good. By the numbers. Um, one other thing of note I thought was that it was interesting that Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage all had the same exact amount of reception, receptions and targets. They all had nine catches on 12 targets. So uh, that was something easy. I wasn't expecting Gage to be there. No. Um, I, so just something to keep in mind. Uh, obviously, Julio's the main guy there. and I mean, There seems to be a clear pecking order, but it is of note that they're all getting a lot of work, which obviously that means there could be potential value there. So uh, just one other thing I wanted to mention there. Um, any last-second notes on that, or are we ready to move to the Raiders-Panthers? Hayden Hurst was a tad disappointing, but it's one game, as we've, we've already spoke about this. It's, it was game one, so, I mean, still 40 yards isn't terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't give up on him quite yet, but when they're throwing the ball as much as they did, I think Ryan had 451 yards. When when they're throwing it as much as they they are there, I get like fifty times and he gets four targets. It's a little worrisome. Yeah, it is. Uh, I would wait another week or two to you know see what I feel about that. But for now, he's kind of just a I guess a wait and see. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the next game is going to be the Panthers. Like we said, Panthers-Raiders. Raiders won 34-30. Brandon, did you have any notes on this one right off the bat here? Um, yeah, I clicked the wrong tab. No, you're good. I can start, too. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I did think it was something of note that Josh Jacobs had a career high in receptions. Or reception yards and receptions. He had mm-hmm. four catches for 46 yards. Uh, which it was kind of surprised me that this was career highs in both of those. I was he only not, had like 150 yards last year. Yeah, he he really wasn't used in the past game. Mm-mm. I think if anything, this teaches us uh, that he definitely should have been ranked higher than he was. Yeah, I, I think where he was going with running backs, obviously, just it's one week and they're playing the Panthers. Who, let's just be fair, I I believe that they had they gave up the second or third most points in fantasy last year. Yeah, they gave up a bunch. So their defense is terrible. So I want to, you know, be a little wary of that. But I, I do think it's notable. I mean, 25 carries um, is, is awesome. Again, I am a little concerned because he only averaged 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, and he's, that's also, against, he's stopped by the goal line three times. I mean, and that's Technically, fair, yeah, Rush has stopped. It's just, I, I, and I'm not trying to be yards per carry guy here, but that just it would be a little concerning to me that yeah. you have 25 rushes and that's the best you can do against a terrible team. So mm-hmm. just... I'm, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying don't play him next week, obviously. I'm just saying I, I would be a little uh, concerned about that, but I, I think he's going to be great. Um, and then Ruggs tied Waller in the first half for the most team targets uh, and led the Raiders with 55 reception yards. So, uh, you know, I, I think that – and obviously uh, Ruggs ended up getting hurt, and that's kind of why I had mm-hmm. that note. Uh, I think he's going to be very good, and he's proven that he's, you know, along with uh, Waller there, I think those two are probably going to be the one-two in terms of mm-hmm. receiving uh, attempts and, and catches there. And so I, I really like him this year as well. Um, on the Panthers' side, there wasn't too much that was honestly surprising. I do think that we slept a little bit on Robbie Anderson. Um, and I know you're going to say that his play was a little fluky, but I just think that he's a good enough player that that's something he can do. I mean, he had he still had six receptions on eight targets. So I'm expecting him to have a pretty heavy workload. Yeah, just without that, what concerns me is he would have had, what, 40 yards on five catches? Like, that, that I don't well, know. That, that catch would have been something. Yeah, I guess. I think that, and he's the the best downfield option they have, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And so, I I really I'm I don't want to say I really like him, but I think he's going to produce a lot more value than we originally thought. Yeah, just because we neither one of us gave him any value. At so, all. well, I mean, in in the fantasy our local fantasy draft, I got him I think 25 or 30 slots after he was, mm-hmm. you know, his auto pick would have been, and so. I think that he's going to actually be a nice potential uh, DFS or best ball play from time to time. Oh, yeah. And I think that his value is extremely good. I'm not saying he's going to go for 115 and a touchdown every week, but he seems like one of those uh, Deshaun Jackson guys who's randomly going to have, you know, big weeks here and there. So I think he was extremely undervalued. Yeah, um, going off that, it it really shows or reemphasizes to me how underwhelming Teddy Bridgewater is. I know they won. Or no, they didn't lose. They just lost. Sorry. They had the lead at the end. But without that one throw, which was all Robbie's doing and very little of his doing, he would have ended with 195 yards and no touchdowns. He, he doesn't turn the ball over, though, so he's always going to be competitive. Yeah, it, it's just annoying. I It's like, okay, you have two – like, as a starting quarterback, it's, if you're like, all right, you have 30, 34 attempts, you get 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions – I don't view that as good. Oh, I definitely don't appreciate him either. I just yeah, and, and Twitter seems to love the guy, which I which always drives me crazy. But yeah, to reiterate, reiterate what you said, the Josh Jacobs usage in the receiving game honestly was very surprising to me. I, they said they were going to up it, but I didn't know he'd get 
essentially a third of his production from last year in week one. So Mm -hmm. that was a nice surprise for owners of him. Uh, They fed him the ball a lot too, which was encouraging. I'm trying to look. Jalen Richard, who's usually viewed as the pass catching back, only got one target to his, I believe, five. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, to his six, excuse me. So the fear that Richard would take some of his receiving mm-hmm. work, it doesn't exist. At least after week one. McCaffrey was what we expected. Uh, I did expect a little more receiving work out of him, especially uh, with Bridgewater. But it's just it's been one week, so it could increase. But, yeah, mm-hmm. three catches was a little low for him. But, yeah, um, not many surprises other than that. Um, like Henry Ruggs looked good, but I expected him to look good. DJ Moore didn't do much, but I with Teddy, I didn't really expect him to do nearly as much as he did last year either. It's so, going to be hard to support three receivers on a weekly basis. Especially with Teddy throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not, not many. And even with um, McCaffrey, is also essentially a fourth receiver too. So mm-hmm. at that point, I would be worried if I were an owner of Anderson, Moore, and Samuel. Especially Samuel and Moore, considering... Moore was drafted what the fourth round, something like that. Yeah, the the yeah the other guys you didn't spend too much. No, like Robbie Anderson, worried. you spent like a twelve on. It's like okay, well if he doesn't work, he doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But DJ Moore fans, this further emphasized what I was afraid of before the season. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Um, so the next game we're gonna go ahead and move into is going to be the dumpster fire that was the Bears Lions. Oh jeez. Uh, the Bears. I'm gonna put an asterisk by it. Uh, due to Swift dropping an open touchdown. But the Bears did win this game 27-23 uh, to 23, uh, in what was honestly, sadly, one of the more exciting games of the, the day yesterday. A um, couple notes that I had on this game, from, and these are most of the notes that we're doing are fa- fantasy perspective. We're not necessarily breaking down the X's and O's of actual football. Uh, one note that I thought was funny was that both quarterbacks were under 45 pit. 35%, excuse me, uh, completion in the first half. Yeah, they are both struggling a this lot. This is the kind of game this was. So, uh, in an unexpected move, honestly, this might have been the most unexpected move, at least for me of the day. AP had 14 rushes for 93 yards uh, and three receptions, of all things, for 21. Yeah. Uh, he had the most touches and the second most snaps. Uh, Swift actually played the most snaps, but you wouldn't have been able to tell where he wasn't used in a position where that mattered. Nor should have he. Um, a couple other... Big items, uh, and these are just more so to store in the back of your head or maybe a deeper league. Um, Quintez Cephas, I hope I got that name right, he had 10 targets yesterday. I saw that. Uh, which is absolutely wild. I, for, I mean, he's a rookie, and that was – I wasn't expecting that. Again, this is – we're putting in the smack of the head because Kenny Galladay was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that This is going to change when he's back. But it is something that he might be a, an interesting stash, like we said, in deeper leagues or a dynasty – um, but it is interesting to see. Maybe he's going to be on a waiver wire uh, coming up later. We'll have to see on that. Danny Amendola did lead the team in yards, which if that you know that's never exciting nor a good thing if that happens. Um, Miller led the Bears. Anthony Miller led the Bears in yards, but uh, he trailed behind Robinson in targets. Uh, Robinson had a lot of really nice catches this game. He looked very good. Anthony Miller looked all right, and just overall, the neither of these teams looked that great. But I, I do think uh, Robinson was looking very good. I would feel good if I picked him. Yeah, I like him. I like Adrian Peterson, especially for him going undrafted. Stafford did leave a little to be desired, but we had that dropped wide open cash. It was a perfect throw. 
that Swift drops. And that, that's exactly why I like Peterson even more. First off, he looks good in the receiving game for him at least. It was his first time back no. in quite a while. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because of the back. And yeah. obviously, Mitch. <laughs> but And he – I think Peterson, that drop helps Peterson a lot too. Because after that drop, it, first off, on the ground, Peterson was leaps and bounds better, more effective than DeAndre Swift. In the receiving game, he was more effective on less targets. Swift did get the rushing touchdown on three carries. Yeah, I guess. Which kind of would... sucks as a Peterson, if you're a Peterson fan. But but that being said, Peterson was more effective in every aspect of the game, and he didn't drop the game when he touched down. That was wide open. So I feel like this just this game was the worst game that DeAndre Swift could have had. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Peterson is going to be the lead guy after this, at least for a while. Carry on Johnson, seven carries for 14 yards, the most carry on Johnson game of all time. He did out, he did outpace Swift though, which is notable. But yeah, I, I guess, but that backfield Peterson's the only one I'd want. Yeah. It is a little bit of a disaster. And regarding the other backfield, I still don't like David Montgomery. And I might say 13 carries for 64 yards. That's five yards of carry. That's really good. Except Detroit is known for how good the, defense no, their is. defense is terrible. They gave up, 41 yards to Tariq Cohen on 5.9 yards per carry. 8.7 to Mitch Trubisky. Hell, they even let Cordell Patterson average 4.8. I was very disappointed with Cohen, by the way. Uh, A lot of people, myself included, were expecting a big day from him. And he just really – I'm not saying it's his fault, but he really didn't do anything. Yeah, it's – like, I was initially excited when I said – I was like, ooh, David Montgomery's looking all right. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, no, never mind. Everybody looks good running against the Lions. So, never mind. Trubisky was surprising with his three touchdowns at the end. But, yeah, I don't like really anybody on the uh, Bears other than Robinson. Anthony Miller's throw was – he had a nice throw to Anthony Miller. He did. Um, Hawkinson, I guess, five targets, five catches, 56 yards and a touchdown. That's good. One thing that is concerning, though, 42 attempts, five targets. That's a little worrisome, especially with um, Kenny Galladay gone. But we will see. I was a little bit disappointed with Marvin Jones as well. Yeah, you thought he would. You would have thought he would have stepped up a little bit. I, I agree. I thought he was going to be a nice play in DFS or you know something like that. But apparently, uh, he felt differently about that. Um, is, do you have any other notes on that game? Or That's we, good. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the Packers Vikings. Uh, Green Bay won this game 43-34. to 34. Uh, I will say that this game, if you just look at the box score, it looks like it was close. This game no. was never really close. Uh, the Packers, and I, again, I know that I'm the biased Packer fan here, but the Packers essentially just, it was, they, they took over early and it was never a game, uh, regardless of the box score, kind of like the Cowboys game last year. Um, as far as any big takeaways, uh, you know, I thought Aaron Rodgers looked very good. Uh, yesterday, it is kind of a weird thing. I know I mentioned this to you earlier, but apparently, the intermediate level of the field, which mm-hmm. is between, and I told you this incorrectly earlier, it's between five and nineteen yards downfield. Uh, so he only, they only did thirty-four percent of all throws were in that area last year, and this is the area that Rodgers has been struggling in. I know a lot of people have you know been portraying the narrative that he's been uh, regressing, and that's essentially the area which they're referencing. Uh, they were the they were the lowest in the NFL last year at thirty four percent, like I said. And yesterday they only threw at twenty seven percent in between mm. those areas. And so I thought that was a really interesting thing to see. I don't know how notable it is, but uh, it was definitely kind of weird. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> obviously, DeAndre Hopkins or De- Devonte Adams, excuse me, was a monster yesterday. Uh, I would expect that to continue. This is the reason 
we always had, you know, everybody always has him ranked so high every year. And if it's between Aaron Rodgers getting hurt or him getting hurt, I know a lot of people kind of sleep on him and they don't consider the Packers offense to be all that good. But uh, he really balled out yesterday. Uh, and I really liked what we saw from him. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I thought he also had a really nice day. Uh, he's going to be on the waiver preview show coming up in a little bit here. Ooh. Oh, I know, right? Very, very exciting. He put together kind of a surprise day. He had the second most targets on the team, tied with Aaron Jones, but he had six targets with four catches for 96 and a touchdown, obviously one of those being the long catch. But he did drop a pretty open one that he could have had some yards on, and uh, it's, it's obvious Rodgers liked him uh, and has, has developed a lot more rapport with him. Uh, no reason to really talk too much about Aaron Jones. He, he did his thing yesterday. Um, as far as Minnesota, Thielen was fine, but a lot of the damage came in the when second the, half yeah, garbage there's time. there's nothing – uh, Kirk Cousins was embarrassing with his, I mean, his attempts. Uh, wasn't didn't he only have two or completions or something in the first half? Which again, it's hard to blame him. It's not like like all right, Kirk, go call the plays. But at the same time, it's like how yeah, through the first the, quarter, I think he had two two attempts. It's a diss to him because they're saying we don't want you to throw the ball. If you're they play- were weird because their plays run. They only ran forty seven plays. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook only has 12, 12 carries, and Kirk only has yeah, Kirk only. Uh, Kirk only has 25. Yeah, they only attempts. ran the ball f- or played ran 47 plays to the Packers 76. Yeah, it's it's very strange. So yeah, the the score might look close, it was not close at all. Mm-mm. Um yeah, Dalvin Cook looked all right. Uh he got saved by a pair of touchdowns, but without that it would have been an average day at best. His receiving game was non-existent as well. Um if we look at the Packers, obviously Devonta Adams, uh Marquez Valdez Scantling was also fine. Alan Lazard, um, he got a touchdown. I think a two-point conversion right after it as well. So he seems to be doing better as well than he was last year. Aaron Jones was fine. One thing I was concerned, his receiving game also seemed like it took a big dip compared to last year. It seemed like last year he got like five catches for 50 yards on a relatively normal basis. This week he had four catches for 10. I know it's only one That's week. still not bad. It's, Six targets isn't terrible, though. No, no, targets is fine, but for 2.5 a catch, I mean, that for him, that's pretty bad. Granted, mm-hmm. it's one week, so if, if this keeps happening, then it should be worth concerning, but just something to note. I'm a little worried about Viking defense. Oh, yeah, they got dissected. Which is, I know they have some injured players, but this could also be kind of a good thing to watch moving forward uh, against teams that play them. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, even uh, I think this helps Adam Thielen out a lot because it looks like there's going to be garbage time. I mean, if the Packers are yeah, blowing somebody out. I don't know how um, – the Vikings were favored. They this got this one that I was confused. Yeah, about they got well. they got significantly worse from last year, and the Packers had their number last year. So like, hey, we got beat twice last year. Now we are even worse, and now we're the favorites. This is no one of the games that I was trying to definitely trying to bet on. Yeah. All right, moving on. Moving on. So next game is going to go ahead and be Chargers Bengals. Uh, this game was another disaster. That was actually kind of a fun game to watch. Thankfully, both both sides imploded, so it was interesting to say the least. Yeah, it was uh, reminiscent of the Philip Rivers Chargers. But uh, Brandon, did you want to start us out on this game? Yeah. Um, first, there's a this is a weird game. Uh, I'm going to start with the rush. First off, Tyrod Taylor had a Tyrod Taylor game, 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Ooh. He's Teddy. Yeah, he he showed up. He woke up da- feeling dangerous. He was essentially. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater 2.0. We have Austin Eckler, who had one of the strangest games of the week to me. Because last year he did most of his damage on the 
in the catching game and not much from rushing. But this week, 19 carries, 84 yards, 4.4 yard per carry. That's fine. And Jonathan Kelly actually got a lot more carries than I thought he would too. But And the touchdown. But then in the receiving game, what really, really, really threw me off was Austin Eckler, one target, one catch, three yards. Mm-hmm. And if you're an owner of him, especially in PPR, that is after spending a second round pick on him, that's like your worst nightmare because that's why you got him. So I know it's one week, but he went from getting what? Seven, eight targets a game to one. And then we go and watch Phillip Rivers dump it off to his running backs. And I believe there was what? 17 targets between his running backs in Indianapolis, which has me wondering if his success in the catch game, obviously he's good at it, but if, they weren't drawn up for him if just Philip had to dump it to him at the last second. I do so, think it's important to note, though, that it, as far as the rushing, there were 19, 39 carries by the yeah. Chargers and 16 receptions. Com- I mean, there okay. were only 29 targets. So they were That's clearly fair. going run heavy. Um, but but kind of to your point, I would expect a team who is doing this to rely on easy catches, yeah. which is usually what Eckler is all about. So I was kind of confused. I would say that – his carries did go way up, so I wouldn't be panicking because no. normally he would never be getting near 19. So I wouldn't be panicking, but I'm – I'd be worried, though. I'm kind of panicking if I'm the Chargers or if I have a lot of Chargers on my fantasy team. I mean, 16 is the best you can do against the Bengals. I mean, they had the number one pick last well, year. Well, yeah, it's Joe Burrows for – and I don't think the Bengals are going to be horrible. The Bengals should have won <laughs> yesterday, yeah. too. I mean, it, A.J. Green gets a – I think it was a good call, but he got that – pass interference call at the end which he scored yeah. on which that should have that should have won it and then uh bullock or whoever it was <laughs> pulled his hamstring or his, his calf, calf. <laughs> he just shanked a 30 yard field goal the, the best part was he reached down to his uh his right leg his shin and then he described in the post-game interview that he strained his left calf so yeah, I don't know what exactly it, it, happened. He, he reaches out and holds the front of his shit. What is it like your tibia or fibia? He, like what you strain your your bone? As <laughs> like, a, I'm not a Bengals fan. I don't care at all about the Bengals. That hurt me that, to see that that's the tough. end of that game. That was like watching some your team lose to a half court buzzer beater. Like that just sucks. Yeah, and speaking of the Chargers, AJ Green was, I mean, yeah, like let's just say hypothetically caught that ball. He would have had a very good day even without that. He still had a fine day, like worthy of a flex play at least. So I think his floor is, if he could stay healthy, he's pretty high. Burrow did look good. Um, One thing to keep in mind, and I know a lot of, you know, this is more of a side note than me trying to make any huge points, Mm -hmm. but his his target depth was 5.4 yards, so not nothing huge. No. I think that's going to be something that, you know, definitely plays into how many yards, you know, guys like Boyd and A.J. Green have, is they might end up with a lot of catches, but unless it's more downfield, that's going to be a little harder for them to, you know, Racking a lot of those yeah, big five five catches, fifty one yards for AJ Green isn't incredible, mm-hmm. but I was expecting him to be somewhere around the sixty yard I mean, range. So I mean, I was disappointed. <laughs> this is kind of a joke, but it's essentially both their first games in the NFL in well, almost two years for yeah. for Green, and obviously the first time for Burrow. But Burrow actually looked pretty good. I thought the two minute drill or minute drill, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the game looked very, very good, very sharp. And so uh, I, I have reason to like him. Uh, another thing that I thought was of note was T. Higgins had no targets. I know a lot of people were kind of excited about him. I was going to say that. T. Uh, Higgins and Tyler Boyd was a bit disappointing, too. Yeah, they didn't really go to him in the first half, and which was kind of surprising. And so I would expect him to go up a little bit. I would almost call him, you know, I know after week one, most people don't do this kind of stuff, but I would kind of almost consider him a buy-low candidate. Um, the Josh Kelly thing, I think, and we're going to talk about him later, but mm-hmm. I think he is going to be another big ad this week. Yeah. Uh, and 
and you know, I, I would definitely I, I would definitely target him this week a lot. I think they're gonna use both guys, like we said at the beginning, uh, the split from the run to pass is obviously favoring the rush. And so with Ty, as long as Tyrod's there, I would expect that to be the same. But even if Justin Herbert got in, I don't know why they'd start throwing all of a sudden. So uh, I'm expecting them to remain very run heavy. Uh, especially with the usage that Eckler gets. He's also, you know, I know this is, you know, playing on this stuff, but uh, Kelly's also good insurance just in case he were to go down. He's mm-hmm. getting good yards as is, plus he's a high upside play. So uh, we're going to talk about him a little later as well. But uh, any final notes on that game? Nope. All right. <clears throat> Sounds good. We're going to move next to, I don't even know what to call this one. I think I'm going to call it a train wreck as well, but we're going to move on to the Saints Bucks. Um, this game. The Buccaneers lost 23-34. to I would say the game was not quite as close uh-huh. uh, as this would say. Um, just uh, on a couple big notes, Brady, I didn't think he looked terrible. I know a lot of people are quick to say he's awful, he sucks. I don't think it was really a case of him being that bad. Uh, there were a lot of reports that he was having trouble with the playbook going into and like being sharp going into this week. Uh, he had the the thing on his arm, the, the wrist thing mm-hmm. for the plays, and uh, there were a lot of points there where there was confusion i think that led to at least one of the interceptions just uh in to mike evans i would say if you take away that one bad throw he really didn't have a bad game yeah and i think just a lot of it's going to be the rapport with the receivers and just kind of getting you know settling into things and so i'm not really worried about him i'd be much more worried about gronk uh, as we stated i thought he'd be a little better than than that but i was not expecting him to yeah, be some was... kind of awesome player or anything like that um ronald jones was kind of you know we thought that Leonard Fournette might actually lead the backfield, but Ronald Jones had the 17 carries for 66 yards. Uh, this is probably a backfield where I'm still kind of ignoring it. I don't. I wouldn't feel safe playing him again next week. Uh, I think Fournette would go up a little bit, but uh, you know can't that's really, hard to tell. Can't really go much lower. Yeah, five carries, for I, five yards. I think the Saints' defense is better than we're getting. You know, at most no, they're supposed to be good. To give it credit for. Uh, on, on the opposite end, I would say one of the more surprising notes was that Latavius Murray outtouched Alvin Kamara by 15 to 12. That doesn't surprise me. Just for the fact Kamara had 12 for 16. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the game, they're probably like, well, whatever's going off Alvin isn't working. And, of course, 12 for 16 with the touchdown. But to be fair, Latavius Murray only had 48 yards on the No, I know. So uh, I think the Bucks defense is also underrated. I thought this was a, a, a sneaky good defense game. I didn't think Drew Brees looked that good personally. No. Uh, his arm looks just very weak. Uh, and obviously with Michael Thomas being hurt, I'm, I'm honestly kind of concerned about the Saints uh, in terms of what you know what their ceiling is. Uh, we're not going to really talk about it, but I do think that um, – uh, where was he? Uh, sorry, Traquan Smith. There he is. I think Traquan Smith might be a sneaky, you know, deep ad uh, if, if Thomas missed some time or if he's – you know, or if he's kind of sidelined or, you know, as a decoy. Uh, so that's a guy I like maybe even a little more than Emmanuel Sanders there. Another another deep ad would probably be Scotty, uh, Scotty Miller. Mm-hmm. He's going to show up on my yeah my waivers as well. He looked good. But like you said, he had the second most team receptions. Uh, and so just behind uh, Godwin there, yeah. I know Evans is limited. But uh, obviously that's a good thing. And if he already has the rapport with uh, – with Brady, mm-hmm. I think that it can really only go up from there. Uh, one last final note for me before I pass it over to you. Um, I guess I have a two more. Excuse me. Was that uh, OJ Howard? I was he was the most him. targeted tight mm-hmm. end. Uh, he had the most. Or he had the most receptions with four. Gronk only had two. I'd expect Gronk to get a little more worked in as we go. But uh, OJ Howard at this point is the better tight end. Yeah. Uh, physically, 
Uh, and so I would expect him to – I'm not going to call him even an ad right now, but I – you know, he I, might be. I'm peaked. My interest <clears throat> is peaked. Uh, and then the last note I have was that um, uh, Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara had the most receptions at five apiece. Mm-hmm. Just something to keep in mind, uh, which that is kind of shocking given that Michael Thomas is on that team. So yeah, just th- something I wanted to keep in mind. I know I went a little long on that, but uh, I'll pass it back to you for any – The 46-yard catch is – Remember, I remember when we did the tight end episode. I was like, he had two catches for 50 yards. He's never going to do that. And then he has the 46-yard catch this week again. So maybe I'm could be wrong on Jared Cook, but I'm still not sold on him. Uh, I, yeah, I think he's good. But Looking at it, it looks like uh, Ronald Jones was the piece that surprised me the most in Tampa Bay just because there were only 26 carries, and he had 17 of them, which is obviously the majority. And he also led the running backs in targets, which also – that didn't surprise me, but I was just surprised to see him out to touch um, Fournette nineteen to six, which it could be because he's still new there. Mm-hmm. But Ronald Jones got a lot more work than I thought, which is good for Ronald Jones owners. Uh, the all three of them out there. I still don't know. I I don't know if I'd be rushing to the waiver wire to pick him up. Just Ronald by the Jones. Way. Yeah. I bet he's drafted Oh, oh I'm sorry. No, excuse me. I got confused who I was thinking. No, no. He's definitely not on the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If he was, I would pick him up. I'm sorry. I got confused with who <laughs> we were talking about perhaps a second. It'd be all confused. <laughs> uh, the next game that we have is going to be the Cardinals versus the 49ers. Uh, the Cardinals, I, I guess most Looks people, good. including myself, would say surprisingly beat the, the Niners 24 to 20. I would say the biggest takeaway here is that Jimmy Garoppolo is not very good, but <laughs> and, and that DeAndre Hopkins is just a monster. Uh Sadly, I had him and Devontae Adams in the league, and I lost handily. So that should tell you all you need to know about how bad my team is. But uh, Kyler Murray, obviously, thirteen he had 13 carries for 91 yards and a touch, getting mm-hmm. it done on the ground. Uh, he looked okay as a passer, pretty good. He obviously essentially force-fed DeAndre Hopkins, who had the most targets by a ton. Uh, he yeah. had 16 targets in this game with 14 receptions, which is a crazy catch rate. Uh, the next yeah. best guy had f- we had a tie for five targets apiece. Uh, sure-handed Fitz. This makes me think that Fitzgerald is as good as a drop at this point. He's one of those guys that he's good for what his role is at this point, but I don't think that's as a big-time S- score. Still, even as a f- at a full PPR, he still ended with seven and a half points. I mean, is that the best you can do in full PPR? But it, when every single target went to one guy, I don't see that happening every game either. Believe it or not, I kind of – would think so. This is one of the best defenses they're going to be playing all year. And, I, you know, it's one of those things if Hopkins is doing that against a, an elite defensive team, I don't know why it wouldn't continue against anybody else. But I, I, I do agree that I don't think it's going to be a 16-5 to 5 target split every mm-hmm. game. That I think that'll even out, but I still think Hopkins will be essentially the clear leader. And this kind of shows that uh, we all kind of did a bad job with how we initially ranked Hopkins. There's clearly mm-hmm. a lot more rapport there than we, than we thought. Uh, Kenyon Drake was pretty disappointing. He did get 16 carries, which is good. Uh, but through the air, he only had two targets. So that was kind of a big bummer that a lot of people were looking for. They also were losing most of the game too, though. Yeah, and yeah, that's something. Granted, it wasn't by a bunch, but I think at one point they were down 13-7, to 7, which isn't a ton, but they're mm-hmm. still losing. So Yeah, I'm definitely not nervous really about Kenyon Drake. Like I said, he he did pretty well, and uh, the, the Niners' run defense is very good. So yeah. I'm not overly worried there. Um, I was very impressed by Mostert. Again, he, you know, maybe not so much the, you know, the the rushing, but his receiving was very good. I know he only had four receptions, but that one, he obviously had his mm-hmm. his huge sprint, the seventy six yards or not, yeah, the seventy six yard long, 
And so he put together a nice week. So uh, I think he's going to be a little better than his ADP suggested uh, during the draft. I was going to say the opposite. Really? Uh, maybe not the opposite. I was going to say that I was really excited about him and thought that he was being very undervalued. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him, but people kept taking him like because like he'd usually be around the fifth. I'm like I could sneak him in the early in the fourth and be fine. But people would always get him early in the fourth, so I'd get upset. Cause I'm like, well, I should got him earlier. That being said, his him, <clears throat> him on the ground wasn't all that impressive. And I know I've said this like five times. You take away his one catch, he had a bad week. Like, yeah, but the Cardinals' defense looked pretty solid. Not only that, but. I was making fun of him earlier this week, but Jarek McKinnon, three catches. They would have had – both would have had three catches on five targets, take mm-hmm. away that one catch. He's being used just as much as him in the receiving game. And I like him, don't get me wrong, and I like him on my team. But at the same time, this was not the most encouraging situation. Just because last year, he averaged, what, almost four yards of carry before contact. This this week, he didn't even average four yards of carry. So yeah, I would say it's one game they're losing. Oh, I know. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. It's just I don't know. Like I, I was expecting it to be a monster, and he had that big play, so obviously he put up a monster number. But he didn't feel like a monster this week. No, not not as much as as you would have thought. Um, I'm trying to think if we have I had one last takeaway, which is that I know Kittle did get hurt, mm-hmm. but Moster and Kittle led the team with four receptions, and no other Niner had more than five targets. So I thought that was kind of a wacky stat and one that I would expect not to continue, but just something that was noteworthy on that. Um, did you have any last second items to add to that? I didn't. Or are you ready for the – oh, oh. I did not. Are you, are you ready for the Browns-Ravens? Oh, Browns-Ravens. I forgot about incredible, that. Uh, Browns-Ravens game. Uh, and by incredible, the uh, Ravens won this game 38-6. to uh, I think we're expecting them to win, just not that badly. No. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I think the big thing to worry about on the Cleveland side, I believe Duke Johnson. I don't think we mentioned. Oh, wait. He's not in this game. What am I talking about? Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Kareem uh, on... <laughs> I, I don't know why. My brain works in weird ways. I think he was hurt and we never mentioned it. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought that now. But uh, Kareem Hunt outtouched Nick Chubb, which I think was one of the bigger surprises of the day. Um, and something I was a little bit surprised by i do not expect this trend to continue moving forward i think a lot of this was game script uh as you're not trying to run the ball a whole lot when you're down a ton of points but just something that's definitely noteworthy um jarvis landry led the team again in yards uh, Mm -hmm. and receptions to no one's surprise this is why i had him very high in my rankings and i know that he didn't put up that many points this week but i just think especially against a worse defense i just think he's going to be the consistent guy and let's just say it how it is baker is not very accurate um, he missed Odell all over the place yesterday. Um, Odell got 10 targets to Landry six, but with only three completions or receptions. 22 yards. Yeah. And, and if you watch the film, Baker was just missing him everywhere. And so, uh, watch out for angry Odell coming up here soon, but it was just a tough look for Baker. Tough Perhaps look for sooner the than offense. we thought. Yeah, it really might be. Um, the, the other takeaway that I had, I, I just wanted to mention real quick was that Mark Ingram led the team with carries. Um, he had seven, and J.K. Dobbins had – or, excuse ten. me, he had ten, but J.K. Dobbins had seven. It didn't feel like he led the team either. Yeah, it was strange. I'm hoping as somebody who owns him in a league that that's more of a game script, game script thing. Um, but it was a little bit concerning that uh, J.K. had seven – or two touchdowns uh, to Mark Ingram zero. So, yeah, I, I thought a little concerning I thought there. the Mark Ingram thing just had to have been because they were up by so much. They're like, well, we have this older guy, mm-hmm. and we have this, this young guy who needs reps, and we're up by – 30 mm-hmm. let's just give him the ball 
Yeah, but a little wild there. This is one of the weirdest games of the week for me. First off, I had... It's very believable, though. Yeah. It's one of those, if you would have... It's, this is way more less. This is way less surprising than if you said, "Oh, hey, the Browns blew the Ravens." Well, well, duh. But it was the thing. Like, I thought the Browns were better than this, and I had I did as well. And I my expectations for the Browns were a one out of ten, and I was sorely disappointed. Mm. And that shows how poor they played. Because I remember, like, I'm like, well, they couldn't get any worse than last year. I'm like, well, they added a bunch of guys to the offensive line. Baker should have more time. They should be perfectly fine. And then I see the score, and not only the score, I watch the game. Six points in the first quarter, and then they get shut out for three quarters straight and end up losing 38-6. to six. Yeah, not great. It, and like, it wasn't like Baker, I mean, obviously he sucked. 21 uh, completions for 18 yards, or 189 yards is not good. But it, like, it wasn't like he threw four picks. He threw one pick. So it wasn't like he was a disaster or just killing them. It's just they could not move the ball. He, the old dodgeball line couldn't hit the water if he fell out of no, the No, legit. Um, Kareem Hunt in the Nick Chubb situation. If I were Nick Chubb owner, which I am in Dynasty, I'd mm. be not worried but concerned and on borderline worried. Your expectations are just tempered. He's not, I don't think, a top eight guy anymore. No, but it's the thing. We were all like, we're like, oh, well, like, but it's not going to be a 50-50 split. Like, we'd say that, but it, it was more like a 60-40 hunt and i don't expect it to happen again but when we're our expectations are it won't be 50 50 and it's worse than that week one that is concerning to say the least especially because kareem owns all essentially all of the receiving mm-hmm. and he also owns some of the rushing so it's like half and half it's like all and then some versus most and none which is worrisome for cook um i am not panicking I think he's still an okay buy low. I just don't think anybody who drafted him will probably sell low. Yeah, that, exactly. Uh, the the Ravens did again. They there's one point Lamar Jackson had 17 yards and a touchdown. And every time I'm like, how does he do that? And they get turnovers in the opponent's 10 yard line. I don't know how they consistently do it, but they do, and mm-hmm. it's incredible. Mark Andrews at one point two two or three catches, two touchdowns. All the stuff I say. Is, you can't do it again. They still keep doing it again. So, mm. I don't know. Mark Andrews looked really good, though, and I was not expecting that. Marquise Brown looked a whole lot better than I thought he would, too. And Sneed. Willie Sneed looked really good. Granted, they were dismantling arguably one of the worst teams in the league, who, who shouldn't be, but they are. So, yeah, the the strange part was the running game didn't seem all that good, and their passing game was killing it, which is the exact opposite of what it was last year. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Um, We're going to pick up – the speed on the next couple are about an hour right now, so we need to get a move on it. Next game is going to be Colts versus Jaguars. The Colts lost this game 20-27. to 27. Uh, Brandon, did you have any notes you'd like to start out on these? Yeah, Gardner Minshew was underrated. He's super underrated. Oh. I see. I saw before the season everybody saying, oh, well, the, the Jags should just tank. They should just tank and get Lawrence. They should get tank and get Lawrence. They have their guy. I mean, mm. he is good. Like last year of all the rookies statistically – he or Kyler Murray were the best. Okay, so what's good mean? What what is he a top twenty quarterback? Is he a top ten? What are you calling? Well, it's the thing. He's had one. He hasn't even had a full season yet. So what is good? And I'd just, argue. I just want you to define good. I'd argue he's right in the middle. And you he think ha- he's the fifteenth best, sixteenth best quarterback, give or take. And he hasn't. He's give? had. Huh? You think he's? So you think he could be like the thirteenth best? quarterback? Well, like in between, like thirteen to twenty in that area. But he hasn't even had a full season yet, and his weapons aren't that great either. Oh, stop it. Okay. 
He's got DJ Chark. Now who's, who else has he got? It's not like he's dealing he's, with... They have a lot of good skill positions. It's not like he has Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham, David Njuku, Austin Hooper, and Jarvis Landry to throw Keelan to. Cole is a solid player. He, he wouldn't even start on the Browns. Well, the Browns also have like a very good receiving unit. What you're I mean, though, that, is... Like, you're saying that. like You pick a bad team. He needs more respect. He doesn't throw the ball deep much, but when he does, good things happen. Um... I mean, yeah, like his number two guy was Laviska Le- Chenault. I can never say his name right. If that's your number two guy, that that isn't the I best. I think you're underrating. I mean, there were only 19 receptions. I mean, well, I mean, and their starting running back, James Robinson, uh, literally got the job by default probably two days ago, or not, like a week ago, excuse me. So that being said, James Robinson is a must must own. Because he had every single running back touch. Every single one. Or rush, excuse me. The other two people who rushed the ball were Gardner Minshew and a receiver. So he had 100% of the running back rushes. So I think he's going to be on a lot of, a lot of, um, maybe not a lot of, some waiver wires. If you could get him, pick him up. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else to take from this game. Phillip Rivers didn't look great. That's kind of not very much of a surprise. Naheem Hines, he was a lot better than I thought he'd be. Uh, I was expecting Jonathan Taylor to take the the bulk of the workload, and I guess he technically did because he had nine carries to Naheem seven. But Naheem, he looked good, and he's another really good pickup. Yeah, uh, I think those are the takeaways that obviously with with uh, Matt gone, Taylor should be the guy, but he had only average, he was only averaging two point four yards per carry. His receiving work was nice. I didn't he did imagine. have nine receptions, which definitely is nice. Six. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Did I write my numbers down? Did I write targets? He had six on six targets, but for huh. sixty-seven yards. Sorry, I don't know what I was doing there. But yeah, uh, I thought he looked. I'm kind of eh on him, but I think he's obviously a great pickup now, and they they need somebody to run, especially with Phil Rivers dumping off so much. Well, I think Naheem Hines is going to take most of that. But it was, I guess, he had eight. Wow, I didn't even see that. It was eight, eight to six, I guess. But yeah, they both. But all the backs, I guess, will benefit from that. Even Marlon Mack had three. So, yeah, yeah they, they did a lot of short target stuff. Um, 17 catches for running backs. That's insane. I did think it was worth noting that no wide receiver had more than 47 yards on Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little worried about them, maybe not so much from a touchdown standpoint. I think they're going to get touchdowns. It's just I'm a little worried about the yardage. I don't think Gardner is going to throw it all that much. It was Yeah, it was game script considering they only threw the ball 20 times. Which I mean, how I mean, many? They way outrushed. I mean, you know, they had twenty-three carries and twenty targets. So that's another one of those weird things. Yeah, but it was I'm not game. overly surprised by it. Um, I didn't really have anything else to add to that. I think the Colts might be a little bit of a train wreck this year. I think they're overrated. Um, I still want to see another week or two before I say that. But if they don't get it turned around quick, I think that's yeah. going to be a disaster. Jacoby um, Brissett subbed in for one play and got sacked. I still don't think Jacksonville is going to be very good, but we'll have to see about them. They may be. I think they'll be fine. Able to make seven to nine, eight, yeah, eight just by fine. not turning the ball over. But uh, we'll have to see about them. Uh, not a very exciting game, honestly. Uh, next, we have Patriots versus Dolphins. Uh, this game wasn't even all that exciting. It was more so just oh, Cam Newton's back kind of thing. So uh, let me find it here. The Patriots won this game twenty-one to eleven. Uh, again, the game was never all that exciting. Fitzmagic really never showed up. He was Fitzpatrick today. 
Um, Hate to see it. Three Brandon, picks. did you have any big takeaways from this game? Well, ever, before the game, share quick. Before the game, everyone was like, "Oh, well, like this isn't going to be easy for the Patriots." It's like, yeah, it is. The Dolphins still suck. The running game was non-existent again. I guess Miles Gaskin looked all right, but other than but him, the team and carries and tied for the most receptions. Yeah, well, Jordan Howard got hurt, but yeah, Jordan Howard did not look good. Uh, I'm looking at this right now. Sony Michelle still looked bad. Uh, I don't like any of the running backs in New England still. I guess in either team. Miles Gaskin, maybe. Cam's going to steal a lot of the goal. Yeah, he's going to take a lot of that. Definitely kind of neuters what, you know, any mm-hmm. running back potential over there. I like Julian Edelman. I like Devontae Parker, even though Devontae got hurt. Mike Gesicki was a little of a disappointment for me. Um, there wasn't much to take away from this game. Yeah, the Dolphins aren't good. Cam Again. led the team in rushing, the Patriots in rushing yards and attempts. He was 15 for 75. Uh, again, that really hurts the potential of Michelle. You know, if it was Tom Brady, I'd actually like Sony Michelle quite a bit, but he really takes away a lot of the production that's available. I could see them have, <clears throat> having a bunch of dirty wins, like because they had 42 carries to, to 19 attempts. Like they mm-hmm. just bleed the clock out and kill and win by now. Because like, they're better than winning by 10 against the Dolphins. But just the game script, they just kept it out of reach by running it like crazy. I will say, too, that uh, Preston Williams was or did lead the Dolphins in targets with seven. I know that didn't really equate to much, but uh, I thought that was worth noting. If the Patriots had a good running back, they'd actually be a problem. See, I don't, or I guess better than Sony Michelle. I am not that into the Patriots this year. I mean, Fitzpatrick threw well, not three, touch, three interceptions yeah. and no touchdowns. If I they mean, had a good running game, I mean, they'd, they'd be fine. They got 87 yards out of 27 carries, and I mean – and less than 200 passing yards. I mean, this was an awful day. No, yeah, I don't see them winning the division. But if they had, like, a solid running like game, I think they'd be okay. And only won by 10. Uh, or lost by 10, the Dolphins. I just <coughs> – oh, oh, my. I'm just not very excited about the – I think the Patriots are a little overrated. I, I think a lot of people are talking about them like they're very good, and I just don't think that's No, I can see them like 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and, eight and obviously, territory. Cam's timing was a little off. He was missing a lot of throws to Edelman. Edelman was catching them, but they were a lot of behind him and sailing. And I, I just – I think they're going to get better. But I just – I think the Patriots are going to have to win a lot of games ugly, and I just don't think their ceiling is all that high, if I'm being completely honest. Um, we will go ahead and move on to our last game of the night. Uh, we can. We haven't seen enough of the last uh, or the game that occurred tonight to really talk about it that much. We can talk about that on the next show. Really, the Steelers quickly. did win by ten, by the way. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I think that was pretty predictable. I'm gonna yeah. have to look into the box score a little bit. From what I saw, Big Ben was not looking very good, uh, and the Giants could not block. But we will <laughs> talk more about that uh, on, I believe, Wednesday or whenever the next shows uh, show takes place. Actually, I want to mention one thing. I saw that very mm. that surprised me a ton. I wonder what you think about this. Pittsburgh rushing, James Conner, six carries. Benny Snell Jr., 19. Hmm. Yeah, just something we could talk about next time. Yeah, wow. that's a little bit concerning. That is very surprising. Um, I guess we might have a waiver wire addition. <laughs> yeah, might be I'll say. Benny Snell to the Over triple wire. the amount. That's insane. Yeah, that's not great. Um. Anyways, yeah, go back to the – We're going to go back to the Cowboys, the Cowboys. Rams. Uh, everybody who uh, likes football is happy about the outcome of this game. The uh, Cowboys lost, which is, again, always a great thing. Uh, looking, there it is. Final score of 20-17 to 17 Rams. Um, this was one I think a lot of people were surprised by. I thought the Cowboys would look a lot better than they did. Um, I was expecting them to win, but I thought the Rams were going to be very good. So I, it's kind of a weird mixed bag for me. I, I thought, you know, 
the Cowboys, I'm just worried that they're always going to be the best team to not go to the playoffs. There's no excuse. Because with their it. personnel, their personnel is better than the Rams. It just makes no sense. Like, I don't know how they're so bad. But uh, at least on my end for takeaways, uh, we were very interested to see how the split went with uh, CD, with Cooper, um, and with, with Gallup there. Uh, Cooper led the team with 10 receptions on 14 targets. That's obviously a lot of work, and that's something I was a little bit surprised about. I thought he was going to be the best guy, but given how him and Gallup functioned last year, I was expecting him to be a little closer. Um, without, Gallup finished last in the targets amongst the three. Without uh, that bogus penalty, though, that took away one of the targets, so it would have been tied with CD. Yeah, and, they should, and he would have had the well, most no, yards, oh, but just to put that in. Okay, yeah, they would have. Would have he had the most? Yeah, how how it, deep was that shot? I think it was 41 or 47. So he would have the most yards in the same amount of time as CD. But it is it is worth noting, though, that he still would have had six less receptions. No, I agree. So, I agree. Well, no, no. It just proves that everybody on that team essentially gets it done in different ways. Amari mm-hmm. Cooper's the getting a million targets short guy, while uh, Michael Gallup is clearly the long ball option, and that seems to be a pretty clear. And CD looked nice, too. Yeah, he, he definitely looked good. Uh, again, uh, Blake Jarwin did go down with a season-ending season ending injury, which did suck. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I was a little bit confused that Cooper Cup only got five targets to Robert Woods is eight. I, yeah, no, and I was significantly better than him. Again, if you would have told me that Robert Woods had six receptions to Cooper Cup's four, uh, I would have thought that Cooper Cup probably out. He would have had more yards still. Yeah. But uh, Robert Woods finished obviously way in ahead with 105 receiving yards. Uh, next best guy, Higby and Cup were both tied with 40. So. That was a little bit of a surprise for me. I was expecting Cooper Cup to kind of come out and be the uh, the dominator there, but uh, we'll have to wait another week yeah. uh, to see if that happens. Uh, a couple last second notes: uh, Goff had zero passing touchdowns, and Dak had one. I thought that was extremely strange. Yeah, uh, and something I don't expect to see a lot of for either team or just in the NFL going forward here. But uh, just a little something, something to think about. And then uh, uh, Malcolm Brown led the Rams with 18 carries to Cam Akers 14. And so uh, Malcolm Brown, obviously going to be on the waiver wire edition here momentarily, but uh, that was a very big surprise as well. And not only that, uh, I watched the game obviously oh. and uh, Cam Akers and Brown first off Cam Akers didn't look nearly as good. So you might say, Oh, well, it was the, his first game. I know. I know. I might say all oh, the box score, the box score, like there's different situations. Malcolm Brown just looked better. He looked faster, quicker decisions and was cutting better hitting the holes better. And not only that, it was at the like late game in the red zone and like the crucial parts they always had Brown in. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, oh, it's first down on the 30. We'll give it to we'll give it to Cam. But like what when they need like it seemed like Malcolm Brown was the guy they trusted a lot. And being somebody who out of paranoia, like I saw the report like, oh, well, mm-hmm. on the unofficial depth chart, Malcolm Brown is the number one guy. I'm like, oh, I'll just pick him up just in case. And I picked him up a couple days ago. I'm very, very happy I did because – Definitely nice. Because I own Cam Akers too. So I would have – if I didn't have Brown, I'd be very concerned as now a Cam Akers. Now you're going to start the wrong one every week. It'll be very Yeah, exciting. I know. But I – and I know Malcolm Brown had a really good week one last year too and everyone mm-hmm. got really excited and they didn't do anything. But, but yeah, I – if I didn't have Malcolm Brown and I own Cam Akers, I'd be very worried. Yeah, it, it kind of depends where you got him. But, yeah, I agree that I would – I think that could change as the weeks go on a yeah. little bit. But, yeah, definitely they both are going to have value. McVay also said that he's planning on doing by committee unless somebody takes control. Mm-hmm. And last night Malcolm Brown clearly took control. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
Cam could get hot as the season goes on, but right now I think it's Malcolm's job to lose. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Um, Next, we will be going on to our last final segment here. This is going to be the waiver wire for this week. Um, I'm going to start – well, how about about we we go ahead. Do you have yours ranked by who you'd prefer the most kind of moving down? I just have a list of guys I like. Um, my number one though would probably obviously would be Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I had Malcolm Brown as my number one as well. Mm-hmm. I, I have a list of probably I have a list of eight guys, and then I just have a list of honorable mentions underneath that. J- just read yours then. So my number one is Malcolm Brown. My number two is Naheem Hines. Uh, I don't really think again we talked a lot about him at length. Uh, he had the seven carries and eight receptions and. Obviously, with Marlon Matt going down, that obviously opens up his ceiling quite a bit. And so I think he has a lot of room to potentially uh, increase that and just be an asset every week for and you. I assume Benny Snell Jr. might be up in this echelon. Yeah, we had not had a chance to <coughs> update anything uh, since any of the Monday night games. Uh, Benny Snell, uh, I'm not sure. He would be ranked up high here as well. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure, and I haven't seen his film or his stats but uh, I'm assuming he's going to be right around the one through three rank here. It was 19 for 113 yards, by the way. Did he score? No. Did he have any receiving? Uh, he had one target. Okay. But he had 19 carries for 113 yards to James Conner, six for nine. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to need to dig a little deeper into this one. I, it almost sounds like James Conner got hurt, but I I have no idea. Uh, yeah. That we'll we'll. we'll mention that at a later time, but I would assume that he's going to be in the one through four range. Uh, my number three right now is James Robinson on the Jaguars. Again, as mentioned, he had 16 carries uh, and the next best had two. So, and that was, I think, believe Gardner Minshew in a receiver. So uh, I really like James Robinson if he's not picked up. And I think that he has a lot of potential. He might be a guy that is pretty owned already because he was, I believe the starter going in. Um, my number four is going to be Dallas Goddard. He uh, led the team with nine targets also had a bigger day than Ertz. Didn't get the touchdown, but he was a lot more involved. Uh, we're not suggesting that this might be an every week thing, that he's the number one guy, but it'll happen enough like it does every year, and he just keeps getting better. So I think he's going to be a very nice tight end play. Uh, I'd spend a lot of fab on him, especially if your tight end is an eh situation. So uh, a nice pickup potential there. My number five is going to be Adrian Peterson. Like we said, he had the 14 carries, three targets. The next best was seven. Uh, as far as carries go. And so I would expect him to uh, continue what he's doing. And uh, honestly, based on what we saw, I don't really expect any, I mean, he was there less than a week and he's already putting up numbers. So I don't really Mm -hmm. expect him to get any worse. If that makes sense, uh, unless he starts to really carry off, which again, if you watch the film last year, he looked very good on film. So uh, I'm expecting him to be very consistent. And if he was, I I think he might even, depending on your team needs, if, if you're looking for less, uh, if you're looking for less, uh, Risk, I would say he might even be higher up on the list. Uh, and then very quickly, I like Jeremy McKinnon as the number six. Uh, he had five targets, tied for the most on the team, got the receiving touchdown. Uh, and as a lot of other people have noted, you don't keep a guy on your roster and restructure him for two years uh, to not use him. So uh, I think he's his role is going to get bigger in this offense, and I think he's going to be a, a nice sleeper play uh, and somebody who you're going to be glad that you added. Uh, number seven, I have Mar- Marcus Valdez-Scantling. He had six targets, which was the second most on the team. He had the long bomb from Rodgers. He also he dropped the target, which could have been a nice game. Uh, I think he has a lot of rapport with Rodgers, and I expect him to uh, maybe not be a number one receiver, maybe even a number two, but I think he's a good flex uh, moving forward. Uh, number eight, I have Scotty Miller from the Buccaneers. 
again, he had six targets, tied for the second most on teams. Again, with the amount of receivers they have that are great, I don't expect that necessarily to continue, but another good flex play. And should someone get banged up or, you know, kind of depending on the game script, I think he could also be uh, definitely a playable asset to the team. So uh, I'm just going to read through really quickly. I know I'm talking a lot, and I know I'll give you your shot in two seconds. But okay, good. I'm just going to run through the honorable mentions. Uh, at the running back position, first, I have Carlos Hyde as an honorable mention. Uh, these aren't in any order of who I'd take them in. Just These are just guys. Uh, Peyton Barber, honorable mention. Uh, I have John Kelly, who would probably be the highest on this list of guys that you'd want to add as an honorable mention. Uh, and then uh, Miles Gaskin uh, as well. Uh, for receivers, uh, I have Traquan Smith and Willie Sneed uh, as the two other uh, honorable mention guys. Uh, and then we have Logan Thomas uh, as an honorable mention for tight end. And then if the Saints defense isn't owned, I think they're a good pickup. Okay. So... I know. I've essentially listed two rosters worth of. No, you're good. I, I, <clears throat> I like the list. One guy I would change on that. Mm-hmm. I'd move Adrian Peterson up to number two. Number two? I'd move him ahead of Naheem Hines. Just because with Naheem Hines, he had the eight catches, but he still had less production than Jonathan Taylor. So at this point with mm-hmm. that, it's up in the air with both of them. Whereas with how poorly the other backs in Detroit played, I feel like this is Adrian Peterson's backfield. So we have a clear-cut guy versus two guys fighting for a job, if that makes sense. And I'd rather have the clear-cut guy. My worry is that – Because he looked good. Is that AP, they're going to try to get the rookies in, and Carrion's still young, and he's coming off an injury. Carrion just kind of sucks, I think that they want to figure out what they have in that backfield. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of this also depends on how competitive they are. If they found themselves to be one and four, one and five, Mm -hmm. I mean – I I think they're better than that. What would be the purpose of playing Adrian Peterson? He doesn't – you know, he Jersey might be the, sales. But I'm saying he might be the best guy you have, but is he helping if he's not helping you win, mm-hmm. you want to see what young talent you have. So, I think they're gonna be all right though. Because they should have beaten the Bears. He played on the football Washington football team quite a bit in a losing effort last year. But yeah. I, I don't I, I definitely see the argument for it. I just think Naheem Hines is you know what you're getting essentially every week. That's fair. And Phillip Rivers does a million dump offs. And That's again, fair. I think we're arguing I mean I these, like both, these so, yeah. numbers are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. So uh, it kind of just depends what you're feeling. Uh, did we ever I, – I think you were looking it up. Did, did James Conner get hurt or did he just have – Okay, a, so I was looking it up on night. Twitter when you were uh, when you were reading off your list. And <laughs> I don't know if he got hurt or what, but it's a bunch of people big mad. Can I just tell you real quick? I just yeah. Googled James Conner, and it says James – and then the, these are news headlines. Yeah. The last two from NFL and NBC Sports were Steelers running back, James Conner ankle questionable to return. Because, uh, yeah, I – it's a bunch of people say, did James Conner get hurt? And then people like, wow, James Conner got benched. So it's like a, like a 50-50 people say he got benched. Some people say he was hurt. So I wasn't sure. It could be a situation as well where he was injured enough and they were winning. I don't I don't know when this happened or they felt confident enough in Benny Snell to like, just take the rest of the night yeah, off. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the tweets. It's hard, it's hard without looking at anything or watching anything to, to know. But yeah, there's a bunch of Mr. Rogers putting the clown mask on. and mm. They're all mm. inferring that's them drafting. James Conner. So we have a bunch of unhappy people right now. Yeah, I'd imagine that that's never good for the team. Um, did you just lastly here, since we're a little long, did you have a? You can feel free to either hate on my ranks or you can add, add guys. Oh no, you talked addition. about like all the guys I was going to talk about. Did you? Uh, did you? You told me, and I appreciated the Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Did you have anybody else that you thought was ranked poorly? And I don't even mean rank poorly, but just you would have put in different places. No, um, you had what Dallas Goddard at five. 
I think he might have been at. Of course, my uh, I accidentally closed the tab. Because I really like Dallas Goddard. I can tell you in two seconds we are recovering the tab. I think it was five. So we had Dallas Goddard at dun, 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 terrible radio. We had him at sorry, sorry, sorry. Dun dun dun. At uh, number four. I like him there. So yeah, I was gonna say he's he's three or four for me, just because. So how would you rank the running backs? Um, let's operate that. James Conner is – I guess this will I, – I can answer this too. Let's just say he's questionable for next week. Top three, I'd say AP, Naheem, and then Benny Snell. And we had Malcolm Brown as well, remember. Oh, fine. Top four, I put Malcolm Brown on top. I forget because I have him already. And we have James Robinson too. <sighs> He'd probably be five. Which running back do you think has the most carries going forward from today on? Touches or carries? Uh, Well, same thing. Well, I mean, rushes or just I, both okay, rushes. Oh, oh, rushes, rushing attempts. Ah, uh, probably AP. No, you, or Mal- Malcolm Brown or AP. One even of those James two. Robinson. You think they? I know I'm asking you to guess. I'm just. I st- I'm still sticking with AP and and Malcolm Brown. It, it's it's tough because if Malcolm Brown can secure the job, mm-hmm. he's gonna have a ton of carries this season. I, That's just an if, though. I'm gonna guess James Robinson just because there's nobody else. That's say, it was a sixteen to two split. No other running back. You said oh, so I got him confused with somebody else. Yeah, um, I. That's tough. I mean, he only had two more carries than AP, so I'm not even. Yeah, I know that. It's just that you, there's at least you'd see a path where you'd be uh, like, let's play carry on instead, or let's play DeAndre. Because I can see all three of them getting a bunch of carries. Yeah, there's just it seems like a lot clearer path for uh, James Robinson. I just said go for all three of them. It also de- <laughs> well, it also depends on how. Well. <coughs> How hurt James Conner ends up being. But. Yeah. And not only that, when he was in the game, I mean, it was only six carries, but he didn't do anything. And Benny Snell showed up and started doing stuff. So it could at least mm-hmm. increase his workload a little more than what it was going to be. It just sucks. James Conner is literally always hurt. Oh, no. Yeah. That's what everyone's commenting. They're, they keep putting up the SpongeBob pick of the guy with the glass bones and paper skin, too, which is part shame. of our all injured team. Yeah. So. I, first team all injury. All right. Um, so that's going to wrap up. Uh, did you have anything? I should say, did you have any last second items you'd like to add before just, we... Just the plug. All right. Well, I was going to say that ad that's wrapping up uh, our <laughs> podcast here. Week one NFL. Hopefully we have uh, 17 weeks of this. We, we shall see. hope so. Uh, Brandon, would you like to tell the people where they can find us if they have not already found us? Well, if you somehow haven't found us yet. Our we... links are in all the podcasts and videos and everything yeah. as well. Um, podcasts. We have Spotify, we have Apple Podcasts, the two main places to go to. But you want to watch the videos and watch our beautiful faces, then feel free. I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, me neither. But if, you, if for some reason you did, go to YouTube.com and Finish First Pod. That's Finish First Pod. And by Finish First Pod, I mean Suit Yourself Pod because I got mixed up there. It's Suit Yourself Pod, not Finish First. Oh, suit no. Yourself Pod. Mm. If you want to find all of our stuff, our rankings, articles, all kinds of videos, go to our website, which is Finished First Media. That's where I got confused. Finishedfirstmedia.com, first spelled F-I-R-S-T, not the one in the S-T. And you'll find all kinds of content up there. Well, perfect. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, please let us know. We'd love to hear them regardless of uh, how angry or happy they are. Uh, And we'll be back, I believe, on Wednesday uh, with a preview show for week two. Uh, as well as a breakdown for the two games that we weren't able to see tonight. So uh, everybody have a great whatever time of day it is, and we'll see you later. Stay safe and wear a mask.